Welcome back once again to the Counter Vortex with your ranter, Bill Weinberg, ranting at you in the wee hours of October 18th, 2023, as always from my apartment on Manhattan's Lower East Side. As I rant tonight, the world is still waiting for the horrific escalation of the already utterly horrific Israeli bombardment and siege of Gaza, which has already reached such criminal extremes as cutting off water and power, in addition to the unprecedented aerial terror, the special atrocity that we witnessed today, October 17th, the Anglican-run Al-Ahi Arab Hospital in Gaza City was struck by a bomb or rocket, killing some 500, including many who had taken shelter there in the belief that hospitals were protected. And predictably, the Israeli Defense Forces, as they are officially known, the IDF, and the Palestinians are blaming each other, both the Hamas-run health ministry for Gaza and the Palestinian Red Crescent are saying the hospital was hit by an Israeli airstrike, while the IDF is saying it was an Islamic Jihad rocket aimed at Israel that went astray. Either way, the massive Israeli bombardment of Gaza was the context for the strike. The total Gaza death toll since the bombing began a week ago is now said to have topped 3,000 overwhelmingly civilians, we may assume, non-combatants. Israel has illegally ordered the entire population of North Gaza to flee to the south of the Strip, but has actually intensified its bombing of the southern Gaza cities of Khan Yunus and Rafah, just as they were swelling with hundreds of thousands of new arrivals. The borders of Gaza remained sealed and the population trapped. Aid groups are calling for a so-called humanitarian corridor for the populace to flee into Egypt, and thus far the Egyptian authorities are failing to open the border for this. And as little sympathy as I have for them, I acknowledge they are faced with a dilemma, not only wanting to avoid a refugee population of a million or more on their territory, but not wanting to be complicit with the permanent displacement of the populace of Gaza, because in neither of the mass displacements of Palestinians in 1948 and 1967 have they ever been allowed to return to their homes. And I note with alarm the police state measures that are being imposed to suppress the urgently mandated protest and dissent to this escalation toward genocide. 
both in Israel and within its ally and sponsor states. First, this from the Israeli daily Haaretz, October 15th. Likud minister formulates emergency regulations to imprison citizens who harm national morale, quote-unquote. Communications Minister Shlomo Kari is promoting regulations that would allow him to direct police to arrest civilians, remove them from their homes, or seize their property if he believes they have spread information that could harm national morale or serve as the basis for enemy propaganda, quote, unquote. This recalls the call by uh, the IDF in a webcast to APAC, the U.S.-Israel lobby, last week, appealing to American Jews to stand with Israel even when the going gets bloody, quote-unquote. In other words, fairly explicitly, calling for silence and complicity, if not vocal support, in the face of war crimes and potentially crimes against humanity and genocide, as discussed in our last podcast. But it also recalls the law passed in Russia in the immediate wake of the start of the Ukraine invasion last year, criminalizing so-called discrediting of the armed forces, quote, unquote meaning, of course, protesting or even just reporting war crimes. And several Russian anti-war activists are facing prison terms of up to 10 years for violating this law. We discussed some of them in our podcast of September 9th. This brings home once again how Israel's escalation toward genocide in Gaza and the inevitable Western support thereof raises a moral contradiction that weakens the position of Ukraine in its war for national survival against Russia's genocidal aggression. An even more blatant contradiction, did you catch this? From uh, Middle East Eye website, police detained and arrested demonstrators in Frankfurt on Saturday, October 14th, amid bans on pro-Palestinian protests across Germany. More than a thousand people were expected to take to the streets of Frankfurt on Saturday afternoon to march in solidarity with the Palestinian people and protest against the Israeli bombardment and siege of Gaza. Then, just 12 minutes before it was set to begin, police announced that a Hessen state court had issued an order barring the demonstration, stating that it endangered public safety. At least 300 protesters were detained and had their IDs and information taken, while 12 people were formally arrested. And you might have seen the uh, video clip going around on social media of a lone middle-aged woman, apparently an Israeli Jew, standing with a handwritten sign in a public square in Berlin reading, 
in German on one side and English on the other, quote, as a Jew and Israeli, colon, stop the genocide in Gaza, end quote. And she was immediately, upon raising the sign, approached by the police who promptly arrested her. Obvious echoes of the lonely Russian anti-war dissidents being arrested for holding up signs in Red Square opposing the Ukraine invasion, as we discussed in our podcast of September 9th. So deeply out of whack, how much more blatant does the contradiction get? Also in France, from the BBC, October 12th, French police break up pro-Palestinian demo after ban. Police in the center of Paris used tear gas and water cannons to break up a pro-Palestinian rally after the French government banned such demonstrations. The Interior Ministry issued the ban again, citing the need to maintain public order, quote-unquote. Despite the ban, thousands of protesters gathered in Paris, Lille, Bordeaux, and other cities on October 12th. And some seem to have gotten away with marching, at least for a while. There's some heartening news. I saw footage on social media. A popular chant was apparently, Nous sommes tous de Palestine, if I'm pronouncing it correctly. We are all Palestinians. Which, of course, we aren't. It's a little presumptuous. We in New York and Paris are not coming under aerial bombardment, but it's a basic expression of solidarity. Okay, we'll have more to say later about some other chants that have been heard, which are more problematic. Anyway, so the ban is being rigorously enforced in Germany, but going at least partially unenforced in France, although it's still so fucked that it was put in place at all, Good old German efficiency, eh? Let's see more French inefficiency, shall we? Meanwhile, in Britain, UK Home Secretary Swella Braverman on October 17th ordered UK police increase scrutiny on displays of Palestinian support. In a letter sent to chief constables in England and Wales, Braverman reminded police that the government has recognized Hamas as a terrorist group. Under UK law, it is a criminal offense to show any support toward recognized terrorist groups such as Hamas. But once again, I will add, opposition to Israeli bombardment and support for Hamas could be blurred here, and it's a pretty important distinction. This is so far stopped short of an outright ban fortunately, but still ominous. A pro-Palestinian march drew thousands in London and other cities across the UK on October 16th. According to the BBC, chants included Rishi Sunak, shame on you, which is fine, but also the slogan, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. Now, this is a slogan which has often been interpreted as support for a rejectionist 
drive the Jews into the sea position, mirrored, I must point out, in the only slightly more euphemistic Israeli verbiage about transfer of the Palestinian population across the borders into Jordan and Egypt, which now may actually be manifesting in reality, shall we say. But the slogan could be taken to mean advocacy of a single secular state in all of historic Palestine, which I support. Still, in light of the indefensible, murderous Hamas attacks of October 7th, it might not be the most politic slogan at this moment. Just saying, and in any case, there should be clarity about what it means. For a far more egregious example, shall we say, moving on to Australia from Reuters, October 10th, police investigate pro-Palestinian protest at Sydney Opera House over alleged anti-Semitism. Quote, unverified footage shared by the Australian Jewish Association and featured on Sky News appeared to show a group outside the opera house lighting flares and chanting, gas the Jews, quote, unquote. Of course, Sky News is not the most reliable source, but I found the video on Twitter that really is what they were chanting. Really, guys? Gas the Jews? That's already been done, you know. That's so 1940s. You really need to update your material. Jeez. Okay, turning to the New York area. In Washington Square Park this afternoon, October 17th, there was a rally I attended, organized mostly by New York University students, it seems, in the group's Students for Justice in Palestine and the Palestine Youth Movement. From the River to the Sea was again a very popular chant, and there was a significant contingent of counter-protesters with Israeli flags and such. Police kept them apart. There were some confrontations that seemed to be escalating towards fistfights before the cops intervened. Uh, More news from the New York area that just speaks to the general climate. Okay, so there was this global hype about, uh, you know, the former Hamas leader, Khaled Mashal, not the current one, Yahya Sinwar, called for Friday the 13th to be a day of jihad. And that turned out to be a nothing burger, thank goodness. But Next Star Media did note one incident here in the metro area that day, quote, posts on X, formerly Twitter, showed men waving a Palestinian flag and blocking traffic as their vehicle spun in circles on the Long Island Expressway in New York, end quote. So the mainstream media is playing catch-up the stupid X. We aren't even told what exit on the Long Island Expressway. This is journalism? Next Star Media? 
but they link to the Twitter post, and yeah, that's what it looks like. Some idiots doing donuts on the LIE. Although, I didn't see any Palestinian flag, so it's possible they were just apolitical idiots, of which there is no shortage. In other local news, from the City website, reporting for New Yorkers, October 13th, council member arrested for bringing gun to protest against pro-Palestinian campus rally, Republican Ina Vernikov was outside Brooklyn College filming herself to register her objections to what she called a pro-Hamas rally, quote-unquote. City Council Member Ina Vernikov, one of six Republicans on the 51-member City Council, was arrested after allegedly carrying a gun to a pro-Palestinian rally by the Brooklyn College campus on Thursday afternoon. That would have been October 12th. The Republican representing Southern Brooklyn turned herself in at the 70th Precinct on Friday morning, accompanied by her lawyer, and was charged with criminal possession of a firearm. An NYPD spokesperson confirmed she surrendered her gun at the precinct and was given a desk appearance ticket. The spokesperson said she potentially faces four years in prison for bringing a firearm to a constitutionally protected protest. Gee, thanks, Vernikov. Very helpful. I watched the video of this one online. I saw no indication that it was a pro-Hamas rally. In fact, hearteningly, as with this afternoon's protest in Washington Square, it was mostly homemade banners, as opposed to the usually too ubiquitous mass-produced placards from sectarian tanky factions that support the Russian occupation and genocide in Ukraine, such as the Workers' World Party. And I saw lots of Palestinian flags, of course, and slogans like, Netanyahu, you can't hide, we charge you with genocide, which I have no problem with. And the protesters showed great forbearance in the face of very provocative counter-protesters, including Vernikov, who was packing heat. My biggest problem with the rally was, ironically, a sizable contingent of ultra-Orthodox Jews from the wacky, obscurantist, and reactionary Netorai Karta, who oppose Israel only because they think a Jewish state is apostasy until the Messiah comes, not because they have any genuine commitment to human rights. And they were also out in force at today's rally in Washington Square, here in Lower Manhattan, and they are so annoying. Every other day on my Facebook wall, some earnest anti-Zionist posts a photo of Netorai Karta with their ultra-Orthodox garb, wielding anti-Israel placards with a great sense of vindication, as if this inoculates them against charges of anti-Semitism. Well, all you anti-Zionists who are looking for anti-Zionist Jews to give your position some legitimacy, did you ever try talking to secular, progressive anti-Zionist Jews? Hey, just a thought. On the other hand, on the subject of 
secular, progressive, anti-Zionist Jews. Jewish Voice for Peace is planning a protest outside the White House on Wednesday, October 18th, that is today, under the slogan, Jews Say Stop the Genocide of Palestinians. Very good. By the time you're listening to this, it should have already happened. I can't make it to D.C., but if they do such an action here in New York, I will endeavor to be there. I'm going to note one more bit of ugliness. The United Jewish Appeal Federation of New York put up a paid post on Facebook saying, quote, the New York Jewish community stands with Israel, end quote. I commented, quote, speak for yourself. I'm a part of the Jewish community, like it or not, and I stand with Palestine, end quote. The following response was elicited from one of the UJA's followers. I'll refrain from mentioning her name, but I quote verbatim, quote, Bill Weinberg, shame on you. People like you and your family should have been kidnapped and tortured. Then we would see who you support. You are Zevel, garbage, multiple exclamation points, end quote. It's a good thing this isn't hate speech or anything, UJA Federation of New York. That would really suck. And finally, I must note the horrific case of Wadea Al-Fayume, the six-year-old boy who was stabbed to death in his suburban Chicago home and his mother wounded as well by their elderly landlord, one Joseph Zuba, who has been charged with murder and hate crimes. According to the New York Times account, quote, he had been listening to conservative radio coverage of the Middle East war in the days before the attack, the prosecutors said, wanted his Palestinian-American tenants to move out of his building and was increasingly concerned that he was in personal danger because of his connection to them and, quote, utterly ghastly. I'll note one more thing in this regard. Public Radio International reported October 13th, quote, journalists and researchers say they're having a more difficult time than ever clamping down on the spread of misinformation about the Israel-Hamas war. The disinformation is diffused across social media platforms, but experts point to one culprit in particular, X formerly known as Twitter, end quote, which, of course, Elon Musk has really been dragging down into the gutter since he took over, clearly intentionally hyping the most inflammatory material. And it was reported earlier this week that X, or Twitter, as I intend to continue calling it, that does remain the URL after all, has taken action against Hamas-affiliated accounts following pressure from the European Union. But note the double standard of the response. Cracking down on the kind of extremist so-called pro-Palestinian propaganda as likely inflamed those 
gas the Jews idiots in Australia, but not extremist anti-Palestinian propaganda, such as apparently inflamed this murderous monster in Chicago. And I will note that among those convicted by the International Criminal Tribunal for Rwanda are radio and newspaper voices who were found to have contributed to the genocide by spreading anti-Tutsi propaganda. So I say, Musk to the Hague. I hope he winds up in the same cell block as Bibi and Putin. The last thing I want to point out is that the war in Syria eclipsed from the headlines first by Ukraine and now by Gaza and Ukraine has been heating up again over the past week with several new rounds of airstrikes on rebel-held territory in Idlib province in the northwest, leaving some 50 dead, presumably mostly civilians, and including 15 children, and two hospitals in the provincial capital Iblid city were among the targets hit, and it received no mainstream coverage. Zero that I saw. I found out about it through the new humanitarian website, a specialty site that I follow for the international aid community, which monitors lots of underreported conflicts, which Syria, alas, has now become. And the account rather vaguely said that the airstrikes were carried out by the Syrian government and its allies, quote unquote, which means the Bashar Assad dictatorship, and we may assume Russia, which has serially bombed hospitals in northern Syria over the past eight years since it intervened there. Physicians for Human Rights has documented hundreds of attacks on healthcare facilities in Syria over this period, and has now documented over 100 such attacks in Ukraine over just the year and a half of war. So the lack of moral consistency here is extremely dangerous. The more Israel and its Western allies, which are also backing Ukraine, come to resemble the fascist state of Vladimir Putin, both in criminal military tactics and police state measures to suppress dissent to such tactics, the worse it is going to be, not only for the Palestinians, but also, in the long run, for the Ukrainians. Every betrayal is paid for in this world. Alas, not always by the perpetrators. All right. Well, uh, this was all too predictable. I actually lost a Patreon subscriber over last week's podcast <clears throat> dealing with this same subject matter. We were trying to get from 58 to 60, and instead it went down to 57. And I honestly don't know if it was for refusing to support Israel or Hamas, which is itself very telling. So, uh, I have added a new tier to the Patreon account. You can sign up as a regular subscriber 
tier one for $1 per weekly podcast or as a tier two subscriber for $2 per weekly podcast or now tier three. Become a major rant enabler for a whopping $5 per weekly podcast. About what you'd spend on a Starbucks latte, including tip, once a week. If you can afford this, please take the plunge. I need more support to keep going with the counter vortex at this level of productivity at this extremely dire moment. If you appreciate my voice, please show it. Because God knows there are plenty who do not. Patreon.com slash countervortex. This has been Bill Weinberg with The Counter Vortex. Check us out online at countervortex.org. Support us on Patreon. Join The Counter Vortex. Join the resistance and rant on you next time.